0: Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to dive into the future of Dameka Ryans, a front office departure that makes the Christian McCaffrey trade look 10 times better, and what is the future of the San Francisco 49ers quarterback position? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is it Trey Lance? Or is it Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy? So let's start today's show with Dameka Ryans. Niners defensive coordinator, number one defense in football, been long rumored last year, turned down the Vikings head coaching job, and this year, already back on, or in the saddle, excuse me, in the head coaching job department. He is set to interview with the Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, and Arizona Cardinals prior to Sunday's game against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, many fans have DM'd me saying, you know, why is he not focused on Sunday's game? And let me just say this. One, he's not going to interview with all these teams in the same day. All these meetings and interviews are not going to happen on Sunday. It's, it's not going to happen. And I'll remind you, this same thing happened last year. Demeco Ryans, last year, met with the Vikings, among many other teams. Many other teams that on the ride back, I believe, from Dallas- he told Kyle Shanahan, hey, I'm going to stay put. So it's not like he hasn't done this before. So I am fully expecting that defense to be ready to go on Sunday and have to make Ryan's fully focused. So again, look, Ryan's is great. He deserves a head coaching job. It'll suck to see him go. But look, that is the nature of the NFL. Sala left, right, in 20 or 2021, excuse me. And we got better. Now the future... Is it Vic Fangio? I have no idea. But I will say this, wherever Domekka Ryans goes, if he does indeed leave, may not, but likely will. They are going to get a leader, a passionate former player, and now current coach. And they are going to get someone in that building that demands excellence every single day. But also has empathy and can relate to the current players. And what does that mean? He's a great coach. Whoever signs or hires Demeka Ryans is going to get a great coach. Now, look, I truly believe Robert Sala is a great coach. Now, is he a head coach? I don't know. He's been relatively okay. And for Demeka Ryans, that could be the same thing. He could be just okay. Some guys aren't cut out to be head coaches. But in Ryan's case, why not try? So if it's Denver, Arizona, if it's uh, the Texans, the Colts... <laughs> I don't know where he might go, but I will say this. They are going to get a heck of a coach and a heck of a person. I've been in plenty of press conferences with him. He's a stand-up person, an intent leader, and an intent listener as well. Like, he does everything with intention. He wants you to be heard as a person, as a media member, and I'm sure he makes players feel the exact same way. There's a reason this defense loves themselves some Domeka Ryans. They respond to what he says, and they respond to how he coaches. And wherever he goes, if he doesn't leave, that will likely be the same thing. But that's a very small topic in today's, I guess, broader podcast. Because Diners Director of Player Personnel, Rand Carthen, has been hired by the Tennessee Titans as a new general manager. Now, clap it up first off. Great stuff for Rand. Very happy. And proud every single time, although we hate it, right? We hate seeing people leave, but what that means is Shanahan and Lynch, the culture they have built here in San Francisco, the coaching tree, the front office here, and the team itself, that means they're doing things the right way. When other teams are saying, hey, let's poach what they have, that means you're doing things the right way. Like, seeing McDaniel and Sala and LaFleur with the Jets, who unfortunately got fired, but, like, when, when other teams want what you have, it stinks because they're going to leave most likely, but it also means that you are doing... Like, other teams are envious of you because your success, they say, we want to be more like the San Francisco 49ers and Tennessee, the Jets, and whoever hires the Mecca Ryans and, and, and the Dolphins have done or will do the exact same thing. Like, the Niners have built this, like, nobody wanted any part of the Jim Thomas Niners, the Mike Nolan Niners, the Chip Kelly Niners, but teams, organizations, they want a part of the Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, San Francisco 49ers. They just do. But let's dive into what this actually means because Carthon was huge when it came to late-round picks. He was integral in getting late-round picks. He was part of the scouting department when it came to, you know, so so the draft room usually is, hey, Shanahan says each coach, each scout kind of picks a player they like at that certain time. Now, he deviates, or excuse me, he, he, he divvy ups, okay, I'll take first round, you take second round, okay, who do you like here, who do you like here, right? And that goes on from first to seventh round. And Carthon was, you know, fourth through seventh round, those were his money picks. But and, and so think of the George Kittles, the Dre Greenlaws, the Hufungas, on and on and on, right? Like, those guys, whether they were his direct picks or was people he had mentioned to a scout, or his scouts that he directed did so, like, Ron Carthon, arguably, has been very integral into what San Francisco has done, and many of the stars they have found, the Dre Greenlaws, the George Kittles, the O'Fungas, the DJ Jones, and you can go on and on and on what he's been able to do, so like this is why it's such a big deal, but on top of that, he was also important to signing free agents. Just take this year. You have Charvarius, Mooney Ward, George Odom, Oren, Bur- Oren, Burks- Ugh. Oren Burks, excuse me, Hassan Ridgeway. There are many, many free agents over the past four or five years you can point to and say, how'd they get that guy? Or what a find for that guy. Who was in charge of that? Rand Carthen. So losing him is huge. Many fans don't know what he's done on the back end of things. He does the the nitty-gritty, the dirty work for the organization to help bring in studs and find stars. That's who he is. So I want to give him credit for bringing in all pros and, and top players and also wish him good luck. But the good thing about this, although I, it's tough saying a good thing when you lose a good thing itself and, and a good person and someone great at their job, but San Francisco will receive a 2023 and 2024 third-round pick as part of the NFL's diversity hiring uh, process, right? They got, what, two third-rounders for Sala, they got two for McDaniel, and they got two for uh, Martin Mayhew with Washington. Now they will get two more with Ryan Carth here, so there is some positive things, but... I wanted to point out one other thing because Rand Carthon leaving, albeit it stinks and it sucks. It points to something else that happened earlier this year prior to the Chiefs game. And that was San Francisco pulling the trigger and trading for Christian McCaffrey. And if you can remember, I said, and I'll be honest here, I said that they have acquired one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL. One of the best players all around in football, but there are concerns about injuries. And we dove into all the injuries, how they happened during 2020 and after 2020 last year. Like that may have been the reason why. And McCaffrey's played every single game this year. and He's been freaking awesome. He has been the steal of the draft, or excuse me, steal the trade deadline, he's been the best trade acquisition in the midseason of all time, in my opinion. He's been that good. Now, you got three more games to win to cement that in stone, but still, he's been amazing. We know this. But the two complaints of the trade outside of, wow, he's amazing, he's great, was he's hurt too much, and you gave up how many picks? And I think that was tied into him being hurt. You gave up how many picks for a guy who hasn't played much in two years? And those were all valid complaints or, or point of views. But I will say this, that yes, you did trade a 2023 second round, third round, and fourth round pick, and a 2024 fifth round pick. But guess what? And this is why I point to this, because the CMC trade looks 10 times better even with the loss of... Of Rand Carthen. Because right now, even after acquiring Christian McCaffrey, the best midseason acquisition ever, ever, in my opinion, and having one of the most dynamic playmakers. He's playing slot, he's playing re- receiver on the outside, he's playing running back. Heck, at a certain point this year, he is playing quarterback. You acquired one of, if not the best most dynamic player in football on the offensive side for four picks, right? Everyone, oh my goodness, that's so many picks. Guess what? This year alone, just this year, San Francisco right now, post Rand Carthen leaving for Tennessee, they are projected to have 11 draft picks in 2023. And... If Domenico Ryans is hired in this coaching carousel cycle, they'll get an extra pick this year, so one this year, right? And they get one in 2025. So they'd have, what, 11 picks this year, one next year, and then another in 2025 because of the weird cap they have with the whole new diversity hire rule, right? But let me say this. It's not, so right now, San Francisco has three third-round picks, three fifth-round picks, and four seventh-round picks. I could argue, and it's no no surprise here, that, and this is no knock either, the Trey Lance trade has been, I guess you can say, per him not playing much, again, not his fault, more negative of a trade than Christian McCaffrey. Like, and again, Trey Lance could boom and be insane, and we'll dive into that later. But right now, you have reaped the reward ten times over for Christian McCaffrey. And you traded four picks for him. And the reason you don't have a first-round pick this year is because of Trey Lance, which, again, not his fault. That's the way things go, right? But the Christian McCaffrey trade... Like, the picks are now irrelevant. The whole beam of, you know, F them picks for the Rams, right? F those picks. And that was kind of the same thing here with, like, you know, F those picks, man. You got one of the best players in football if he can stay healthy, and he's been healthy, and you still have 11 draft picks. And you know what that means. It's not just we have 11 picks, sit here and do nothing. It's we have 11 picks, three in the third round, three in the fifth round, four in the seventh That means there's so much maneuverability there. And look, that doesn't, like, this is not going to stop. San Francisco is going to have 10-plus draft picks next year, possibly, when they finally have their first-round pick back, right? It's like, it's so, like, like, the Chris McCaffrey trade looks so much better now because all the concerns are gone. He's not hurt. He's playing amazing, and your draft picks are still there. This this was and has been the best trade, arguably, I'll say, because Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017, Trent Williams when Joe Staley retired post-2019. Like, there are some, like, John Lynch, Shanahan, Carthen, whoever else is involved in this. The trades that San Francisco has made have been astonishingly amazing. And that, like, like they, they haven't had a dud as far as I can tell. Even Jordan Willis, right? Charles Amenihu, Like, it feels like every trade they've hit on. I can't think of one trade they didn't hit on. Now, there's been some, some draft day trade-ups. We were like, whoa, Joe Williams, Bethard, like, what are you doing? Now, maybe Trey Lance is that next guy. Who knows? We'll find out. But, again, like, this feels like... It seems like every trade they make in-season, in the off-season for a player, not for draft picks or to get a draft pick to get a player, if they're getting a player in return, I can't think of one they haven't hit on. And CMC is the latest, really, example of how great John Lynch has been for the organization. How smart and how thought out their process is to get and acquire a star like Chris McCaffrey. And it's funny because they have a player in McCaffrey who has 13 touchdowns. That's the fifth most in the NFL for a running back, receiver, tight end, you know, the skill position groups. He has 1,880 yards from scrimmage, third in the NFL. He's averaging 4.7 yards per attempt per carry, really. And that's fifth among players with 200-plus carries. This was and is and hopefully will stay a slam dunk for San Francisco. I mean, we know the stats of they were scoring 20 points pre-Christian. Now they're scoring 28 points with Christian. And now they're scoring 31 points with, with Purdy. Like, McCaffrey changed everything. And... He was making Jimmy better, made Purdy better, and hopefully, maybe he makes Trey Lance better. But right now, I can say, this offense, right now, because of Chris McCaffrey, the impact he's had, forget the picks you traded, forget the salary cap later, right now, this is the best midseason acquisition, and and Ron, and, excuse me, and Rand Carthen's departure further proves that. It further shows the impact of, look, like, We can afford to move some picks. you got to be smart. Like, this isn't F them picks because F those picks and you still have 11. They traded three draft picks this year. Second, third, and fourth this year. And they still have three-thirds, three-fifths, and four-sevenths. Like, F those picks. And even with that mentality, you have 11 draft picks. So good for John Lynch. Good for Kyle Shanahan. Good for us. And holy crap, great for Chris McCaffrey, good for Jimmy Garoppolo for a short period of time, and how amazing has he been with Brock Purdy. I mean, my God. And that brings me into our final topic for today. What is the future of the San Francisco 49ers quarterback room? What does it hold in front of us? And this question is tough because I'm old enough to remember when it was Jimmy Garoppolo. Then it was, well, Nick Mullins and Bethard. <laughs> it felt like the last three or four years have have been this revolving door of it's Jimmy, and then it's not, then it's Jimmy, and it's not, then it's Jimmy, and it's not. And even this year it was, it's not Jimmy, and now it has to be Jimmy, and now it's not Jimmy. <laughs> you know, and like, look, things happen, injuries happen. That's that's no one's fault, in my opinion. They just happen, right? Now, you can argue usage with Trey Lance, and I get that. We've had that conversation, and I totally get it. I would even side with you in saying the usage was incorrect. Like, he he was being used more than Josh Allen was in the running game. But again, it's in the past. Water under the bridge. Moving on. But what is the future? And I will start off saying that I don't think... It's going to be Jimmy. (laughs) Like, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is done in San Francisco. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean he won't play again this year. I mean, who knows what the future holds. Knock on wood, Purdy gets hurt. But, you know, who knows what happens. But all signs are pointing to Jimmy Garoppolo being done. I I, I think Mayoko, Matt Mayoko said, what, 0.01 chance he's back. And I think that's... That's that's the case. That's where every single person seems to be. Thank you, Jimmy. You were a good Niner. You were a good teammate. You were a good player, in my opinion. Sometimes you were great. Sometimes you were not so great. But overall, you were a good player. You were a good human. Uh, you were a good soldier. But it seems like this time has come. Now, it felt like last year that was that time. But, you know, so who knows? But it feels like right now, he ain't coming back. And so that leaves really two, well... I don't want to say two question marks, but it it leaves one uncertain and it leaves one more certain, <laughs> and that is Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. So now the question becomes because Brock Purdy's been playing amazing. I mean, I'm talking elite level stuff. We've talked plenty of times. I mean elite level things. He's looking like Minnie Mahomes, as Eric Crocker might say. But well, I won't go that far. He's playing like, or at least on par with, some of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, the IU play that didn't even count because he dropped it, or the touchdown to Mitchell in the last game. Like, we've seen Purdy do the things that we wanted from Jimmy, or at least hoped from Trey Lance, right? Like, we are seeing Purdy do, like, we talk about the X Factor It's not just the X factor. It's like the X factor and more with Brock Purdy. I truly believe Jimmy Garoppolo has the it factor, right? Like he has the ability to inspire, to build confidence, to change culture. That's the it factor to me. But Brock Purdy has the X factor where it's okay, the culture might already be established, but I can push that culture to the next level. I can push that team, the organization, the roster, the game plan, the scheme, the play itself to the next level. And I think Brock Purdy has that. So the question is now, is Brock Purdy the guy going forward? Not not this year. Don't think just this year. Think two years, three years, four years. Just think in the offseason. If San Francisco, knock on wood, knock on every single piece of wood, happens to lose this Sunday against the Cowboys... Going into next year, is Brock Purdy the guy? If they lose in the next round, is he the guy? If they lose in the Super Bowl, is he the guy? Now, if they win, I mean, no duh. He kind of has to be, right? Like He, he ain't Trent Dill for 2.0 at that point. <laughs> He's Brock Purdy 1.0. But at any point, if they happen to lose in the playoffs and not win the entire thing, right? Not get that sixth Lombardi... Is he the guy? And it's funny because some people would say, well, they traded three first-round draft picks for Trey Lance. He never got an opportunity. And I can say, and? So what? And that's that's not to hate on Trey Lance whatsoever. I mean, my God, I would love to have two elite quarterbacks. <laughs> that's a good problem to have. I want both of these guys, both of these kids to succeed. That's better for them, better for us. Like, I don't think anybody outside of maybe a handful of people are rooting for either one of these guys to fail. I think everybody would be happy if both these guys are great because everybody wins, right? But I it, it, it doesn't matter. You or the Niners trading for lands for three first-round draft picks means nothing. How many times has there been this label, whether it's, in your life, in my life, of, well, I come in with the expectation, but that isn't always reality. The expectation might be Trey Lance is the next big thing. The reality is he's hurt, and now Brock Purdy is the next big thing. Happens all the time. You, like, what's the old saying? You know, if you're, if you're not moving, someone's passing you by, Right. You know, that probably isn't the old saying, but you get my point, right? If you are stagnant, if you aren't looking for your next step, someone younger, faster, better, more handsome, they are going to pass you by. If you're not striving for the next step in your life, and your career, someone is going to pass you by. You cannot be stagnant. Now, Trey Lance's stagnation became, you know, was because of injury, not because of him, right? And so it's not his fault. But I do not know how... You look at Trent Williams, at Fred Warner, at George Kittle, at Debo Samuel, at Mike McGlinchey, who's a free agent but might come back. How do you look at the veteran players on this team after what Brock Purdy has done this year? Even if he loses on Saturday, he is at least going into OTAs and training camp in the preseason He is your starting quarterback. How do you tell them that's not the case? How do you look Trent Williams in the eyes and say, Hey, Trent, we don't care you're 34 years old on the last legs of your contract, and you haven't won a championship yet, and we're not going to play Brock Purdy, who just won you six, seven, eight straight games, right? He's not the guy who we saw do elite things this year. He's not the guy. What do you think Trent's going to say? Why the heck not? is he not the guy? (laughs) Like, who, who made that choice? I didn't make that choice. I want him to be that guy. Now, look, and it's funny because many people will say, well, who cares? Like, coaches make decisions, players make plays, right? What I would say, well, to retort that, who did John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan go to when they were gonna bring back Jimmy Garoppolo? They talked to the 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 the, the leadership coalition, Yuceck, Kittle, Williams, Debo, Fred Warner, and they said, Hey, can we make this work? Would well, they say, Yep. Now, some might say they wanted Garoppolo to start. Okay, that's a whole different conversation, but My point is, you cannot tell the core of this team who has just witnessed the last pick in the draft come in and do elite level quarterbacking and won them however many games he eventually leads them to in a row, seen them make play after play and take the offense to another level, another level, thirty. 4.3 points a game under Brock Purdy. 10 more points, over 10 more points, than they were averaging with Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a good quarterback, mind you. How do you tell the core he ain't the guy? How do you tell them, yes, we are going to go back to Trey Lance, who, again, could be amazing? I don't see it happening. So then the question becomes, what do you do with Trey Lance? And some might say, he's a starter. We already said that in the case, in my opinion at least. I think Brock Purdy has won the quarterbacking job for next year. At least just one year at a time next year, right? Not 20 years down the line. We have no idea what's going to happen. But what happens with Trey Lance? You've invested three first-round draft picks and a third-round pick, mind you, into this kid who who I like. I wanted the draft of all the guys in the 2021 draft. I said, okay, you can't get Lawrence. Wilson's a little small guy. I don't want him. Trey Lance is my guy. That's who I wanted to pick. What do you do with him now? Well, he hasn't played in almost two years. And he's coming off a relatively serious injury, right? He broke his foot. <laughs> like, it, like, and he's a mobile quarterback, or relatively mobile quarterback, a quarterback that can run with a broken foot. And he's had two surgeries, albeit one of those is a common, you know, take out the screws surgery to, uh, you know, reduce the threat of infection or irritation, okay? But two surgeries, right? What do you do with him? He said he has no experience. He was injured. And you have a kid in Brock Purdy who is lighting the world on fire. Beating good defenses, demolishing bad defenses. So Trey Lance, in my opinion, because Jimmy's gone, he is going to come into next year. Not He's going to be rehabbing, first off, for a small period of time in OTAs. But I think, unfortunately, he is your quarterback number two. He is your backup quarterback going into next year. Now, look, could Purdy do something stupid? Of course. Anybody can. But this is just barring play on the field. This is just pertaining to quarterback play, not off-the-field crap that could happen, which doesn't seem likely. (laughs) Let's be honest here. Doesn't seem likely. Trey Lance right now is your backup quarterback in 2024. Or like, I guess 2023, 2020, you know, you get my point. Next year, <laughs> next year. But some might say, and I've heard this plenty of times, trade him, get get your picks back, do what you can to get his pick. You, know, you trade all these picks for him, try to get him back. Or, you know, get that compensation that you traded away, and get that back in return. It's not going to happen. What team is going to trade you three? two, even one first-round pick for Trey Lance. Now, I think you see Sam Darnold, you've seen Baker Mayfield trades. Those are different. Those are guys who have played three, four seasons, and they said, "Eh, you're not really the guy, but you have some value. Maybe you can be, you know, maybe somebody else can make you their guy. You know, they can think that, you know, you're the guy there. And both of those trades have arguably failed. Failed. Like, Baker's on his third team. Darnold is somehow still in Carolina. (laughs) Trey Lance, who, again, I think has a bright future ahead of him. Colts ain't trading for him. Texas ain't giving you the first-round pick for him. Like, there's no team right now going to give you a first-round pick for Trey Lance. You want to know why? Why? And it's not because of how bad Trey's been. It's because right now, any team that needs a starting quarterback is either at the top of the draft or they'll sit in a free agency and pick a veteran up because they are close enough to the playoffs. They don't want that young, unproven talent. So really, San Francisco is going to be forced to keep Trey Lance unless they are wowed. And this brings me to Tim Kawakami of The Athletic said this in his in his post today. He said, I think the Niners will listen to any offer on Trey Lance, but I don't think a trade is realistic. They likely wouldn't get value back for an injured player, and they also still like Trey Lance. There's no doubt that Purdy has been far better than what little they've seen from Lance in two seasons, but you don't trade three first-round draft picks for somebody then give up on them when he's barely played. And look, you're not going to cut him either. What what benefit does it have to cut Trey Lance? Well, you can free up money. That's not true. Dead cap hits too big. And if you're smart, like I think the common fan would say, keep both of them. And that right there, after a long-winded topic of conversation, is where we end today. You keep both of them. If Purdy somehow next year turns into Mac Jones 2.0, knock on wood again, you know, you know, comes in one year and is crushing it, playoff wins left and right, feeling great. He's our next guy. Year two, ooh, he's not our guy. What the heck was that? Now, again, Patriots are a much different mess than San Francisco. They, they got Belichick and Patricia and no a coordinator. They ain't got Shanahan in this entire offense here. But if that's the case and a sophomore slump is in store for Brock Purdy again looking so far ahead, that's why you keep Trey Lance. Because maybe by that point, if Purdy does falter, maybe it is then Trey Lance's time to shine. The foot's healed. He has more of the offense in his head under his belt, more reps. And I'll tell you what, it'll be very, very interesting going two-niners training camp next year with Brock Purdy being quarterback one and Trey Lance being quarterback two. I was there all this past offseason for a large portion of it. And I can tell you right now, there was a lot of stirring going around there. Not just, you know, there's Jimmy on the side field and there's Trey, you know, who's this Brock Purdy kid? He looks okay. Like, there was a lot of I don't know about Trey Lance conversations happening. Whether it was from the media, from some of the fans of, ooh, ah, throws that were, you know, one every 14 throws that were like, wow, what was that? I tell you right now, many of the media that covers this team, albeit might be hoping for the best for Trey Lance, a lot of the conversations were, uh, he ain't the guy, or at least... We're not sure he's the guy. He hasn't proven to be the guy just yet. And that was with Garoppolo on the side field. And that was with Purdy being quarterback number three. Like Sudfeld at certain times did look better than Trey Lance. And the whole conversation was, well, he's going to play because he has to. Not because he maybe should. Right? Now, again, that wasn't exactly my train of thought. It was, there's going to be ebbs and flows, and that's what you get with a young quarterback like Trey Lance. The ups and downs, the rookie play, it's going to happen. That is an inexperienced quarterback trying to find his footing, but a lot of the conversation was, we're just not sure. Now, it's media compared to the team, very different. But right now, Kyle Shanahan... I believe is coaching the most comfortable he has since 2016 MVP year Matt Ryan. I'm not saying Purdy's that. I'm just saying, right now, Shanahan is in his bag every single day. And I don't know who said this, which sucks because I want to give them credit for it, but they said that when a head coach and a quarterback can see the game the exact same way. The play, the scheme, the game plan. When that happens, it's like nirvana. Everything goes to plan. Everything goes to perfection. And I do believe that that's where we are at with Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan. They see the game the same way. Like, back last year, I've touched on it plenty of times, last year, Shanahan said, it took me a while to get into a groove. Now, many of that is because he was trying a two-quarterback system with Jimmy and Lance, and it wasn't going to work and all that stuff, and once they got away from that, it became a much more clearer, you know, this is the offense going forward. But to me, right now, it does seem like that because Purdy and Shanahan see the game, you know, they align so clearly, and, you know, Shanahan's like, that's the throw I would make. Purdy is, that's the play I would design. You know, it's just so cohesive the way they're playing together. It's like they have the same mind, right? It's a one-track mind, and it's Shanahan and Purdy sharing it, right? With Lance, and even with Garoppolo, like, Jimmy came from New England, rigid, very, you know, feels like a military-esque offense kind of at times. Like, you you know, it's very, you know, one plus two, like it's all. It's very just like boom, 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 boom. You know, left foot, right foot, left foot. Like you get in the march and you don't move kind of offense, kind of, you know, organization and how it's run, right? And it feels like, or it seems like from the outside looking in, that a lot of the frustration they had was, you know, Jimmy's not understanding or, or getting the playbook, the game plan. In 2017, it was no game plan, go out there, Jimmy, and play backyard football. And he loves that stuff. He said it this year. And it feels like that over time, 2017, you know, later in the offseason, in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and even this year, albeit less or so this year, it felt like that they were not always on the same page. That they saw the game differently. And that's not a bad thing at times. But that can limit what you can do offensively. Now, you can argue that okay, that that's you know Jimmy's play style didn't match Shanahan's play style, right? Like Shanahan never wanted Jimmy; he was a Lynch guy, right? And so their play styles, the way they saw the game, didn't line up right. And with Lance, I do think the way that they maybe see the game lines up, but I do think because of Lance's play style the read option stuff. Shanahan was trying to kind of reinvent his scheme a little bit to help integrate some of what Lance can do offensively. We heard the whole he's drawing up plays back from Fields' is, you know pro day. yeah because Shanahan knew he's my guy but also like there are things he can do that my offense as currently constructed does not plan for, is not ready for. And so the way or the reason the offense looked a little rigid with Jimmy was because he was New England guy, a military-esque kind of, you know, organization over there. And for Lance, it was his play style doesn't match what I've already kind of schemed up and is ready for. My offense doesn't match exactly what Trey Lance can do right now. Now, later on, and when he's kind of a, a veteran, he has some, you know, little grease behind the ears, maybe that might, you know, figure its way out. But with Purdy, it was day one. I see football the same way you do. And I do think that's why it has worked so well. And I do think that's why this team is going to win a championship. And even beyond this year, that's why for me, Brock Purdy is going to be quarterback one going forward unless something crazy happens and Trey Lance is just so amazing. He, he actually has Mahomes and Allen 2.0 and all that stuff. Because, I think Shanahan can look at Purdy and say, you get football. Like, like, like you get me. And I get you. And I do think that that goes a long way into their current success. And it's going to go a long way into their hopeful later success on and off the field. That being said, if you want to go see the Niners play on Sunday against the Cowboys, if you want to buy tickets early for an NFC Championship game, whether it's at Philadelphia or at home against the Giants... You can use our promo code 49ers access 49ERSACCESS at seatgeek.com and save yourself $20 off your first purchase at seatgeek.com. Again, 49ERSACCESS, save yourself some money. The gas is going back up. You want to get any discount possible again, seatgeek.com, $20 off your first purchase. Also, Use our link down below at fanatics.com. You can also save yourself some money and get yourself some pristine Niners gear. Get that CMC jersey. Get your Brock Purdy quarterback one jersey. And heck, if you're a Trey Lance truther, you can even get that Trey Lance number five jersey as well for a tiny bit of a discount. You can also follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 14,600 followers and counting. Join in. It's great. It's fun. All the latest news, updates, and rumors are going to be on the Instagram. And for Twitter, it's 49ers underscore access. Again, that's the hot takes, the updates, and really just me talking crap to Cowboys fans for an entire week. Again, thank you for listening. Leave a like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And until next time, my name is Sterling Bennett. This is the 49er Access Podcast. And stay faithful.